Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Derek Coles. Um, very, very interesting conversation um, talking about his efforts um, working with the NCAA, working with professional teams, college, te college teams, um, and the whole agency approach, um, what, what uh, players need to be do, what coaches look for, the whole nine. So it was a very, very interesting conversation. All right, let's get into it. I know we've been trying to get together for a little minute. I appreciate you, your patience with everything and I appreciate you coming on. No problem. No problem. Happy to be here, man. <laughs> Sir. So, you know, I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but, you know, we, like I said before, we try to, um, you know, give that wealth of knowledge to, you know, student athletes, parents, coaches that's coming up. And um, especially in your, your realm of things, just giving a, you know, giving them that point of view of what what's expected. You know what I mean? So um, again, um, uh, thank you for coming on. You know, what we do when we get started, D is like to bring kids, you know, bring our guests, you know, catch them up, you know, as far as like your, 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 your childhood, you know, sports things you did when you were, you know, coming up. So can you give us uh, uh, some feedback on where you're from in the city and uh, some of the, um, the sports or come, some program that you was in earlier, you know, coming up? Yeah. So I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia, uh, yeah. growing up. Um, I played basketball, uh, um, played soccer, ironically. Um, and for me, you know, just being active in sports kept me out of trouble. For sure. Uh, and so for me, you know, constantly played basketball with Parks and Rec, uh, played soccer uh, and football. So I got the nickname Rabbit, right? Because uh, <laughs> I used to do some very mischievous things when I was younger. Uh, and so eventually I used that speed, um, you know, going to 7-Eleven still in nail leaders to, you know, you know using that speed <laughs> on the football field, you know, and so, for sure, for um, sure. but uh, I definitely feel like sports for me kept, kept me grounded. It kept me uh, utilizing opportunities to meet other people, but also gave me hope that, you know, I can do something bigger in life. And so, um, like I said, grew up playing football and basketball and eventually um, when I got to high school, you know, it's at that time when you realize, you know, people have told you, you got to find a sport that you, feel like it's the best opportunity for you to get to the next level. And for me, um, I got tired of playing football, you know, you know, just get the injuries and people getting, you know, people getting stronger and bigger. Like, nah, I don't I ain't waiting for that. For sure. Um, and so for me, it was really uh, basketball. I stayed in shape running cross country. Mm -hmm. um, the fall, my basketball coach definitely said, you know, if you're not playing a fall sport, you could be running cross country. And so I ran cross country in the fall just to keep in shape because we kind of ran a press. All, all, sure. all game long. And so sure. for me, condition. So basketball was it. Basketball was it for me. Um, and I really transitioned. You know, for me, it was, it was trying to just think about playing other sports just to be thinking outside the box. And so right. for me, right. I even played soccer. And I didn't realize how how good I was in soccer. I played soccer in the springtime up until uh, my junior year. Um, but, you know, basketball was my baby. You know, I played, you know, AAU back at home um, in Richmond. Uh, had opportunities, you know, at the, the low D1, uh, Division two level. Unfortunately uh, for me, going into my senior year, um, it's the third game of the uh, season. I uh, partially tore my uh, meniscus and um, and I had a matilla fracture. And so oh, wow. I, I played with it, right? I played with it just because, you know, it's a fear. Like, this is my way out. Like, I want to sure. get caught. Yeah. And, and me um, played through it. Um, Fortunately, they get D1, D1 calls, stop coming. Um, and so for me, 
I tell any student athlete, you know, you can't just be a one track pony, you know, sure. um, I always took initiatives to my academics. And so for me, that was always something that I, I, I took heed to, to making sure that I focused with my academics because I knew that I, I could possibly be the first one in, in my family to go to college. And I took sure. that, I took that motivation. I took that weight on my back to try to, you know, change that generational, you know, this the faults that we had in our life, you know, just through generations. Like we just go to high school and find a job, but I didn't want to do that. And so um, fortunately I got a you know partial scholarship academically and athletically uh, at Virginia Union. And so I was blessed to um, play basketball, but at the same time too, fall back on my academics and allow me to have a full ride to go to college. And my mother hadn't had hadn't had to worry about me pay, uh, paying for school. And so school was paid for. And so I was just, you know, very fortunate that I took a heed to playing sports, but then I also realized, you know, if I want to get to the next level, academics is key. For sure. And before we get into, you know, your, the great work you started doing, you know, at, um, you know, in, in your career, starting at Florida State, am I correct? Well, I started, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I started, um, I'm oh, well, well, before we get into that, I just wanted okay. to bring, I bring light to what you said earlier about using, you know, rabbit, using your speed, using those transferable skills to be effective, right? You know, talk about the transition from, you know, um, from high school to college. You know, even though you said, you know, <clears throat> you were on a partial or whatever, but just talk about that influence of being a part of a team, a camaraderie with players and, and, and going from, you know, your, 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 your parents, you know, waking you up, telling you to do X, Y, Z, to you having all that, you know, responsibility on yourself. How, how was that transition for you? Yeah, I can tell you at the D two level, it, it was it was much needed. I can tell you how it is at the D one level because they still have we still sort of we got parents on campus called for sure. For sure. support staff, right? But at the D two level, it was you had to really be self disciplined. Uh, like you said, you know, mom wasn't there to wake to wake me up. Uh, mom wasn't there to remind me of you know take going to school and, and doing homework. It was more of an initiative that I had to put on myself. Um, we didn't have you know we have one academic advisor for all 14 sports at in Virginia Union and, you know, coach, love coaches, but it's all about, you know, winning, right? Sure. You know, we're, we are here recruiting to get better players. And so it's really on your, it's on you. If you want to go to class, it's on you to make sure you have good grades. It's on you to make sure uh, you came to practice on time. And so for me, it was more building camaraderie, right? And I think about transferable skills, talk about communication, right? For Having sure. the opportunity to make sure you are talking, uh, with your administrators, your coaches, your teammates, um, understanding we all on one accord. Hey, a hey, D, don't forget, man. You got, we got class at six, no, at two, two p.m. Don't be late, man. You know, sure. like, hey, hey, just eat, just eat at eleven thirty, and then sure. go work out, <clears throat> and then go to class. You know, just communication. Also, too, I think this is the team building mindset. You know, this we get into the real world. A lot of us will work in teams. We'll be working in groups, and we're working at you know organizations that multiple people. And, and so realizing that I can't be the man by myself, I need help. So sure. what's my strength? I can help you. Weakness. If I have a weakness, help me with my each other. And also management. Time management was so big for me with the transition um, in college. Um, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, my academic advisor kind of told me, look at this as a full-time job. You know, everything between eight and six do everything you need to do that's class that's study that's school work that's practice so that gives you the rest of the evening to do what you feel like you want to do and so that's my saying that was my strategy through my four years at Virginia Union this basically you know making sure my advisor put me in all my classes uh, making sure coach you know understanding what coach wanted to do from a practice perspective but from eight to six was everything and then for sure. me if I want to get up some extra shots if I want to go get study I just want to hang out, you know, and go party. You know, I had the time because I did everything I needed to between eight and six. And I think the last transferable skill for me was just a building leadership, mm. um, understanding, mm. taking accountability for my actions, um, you know, being opportunity, having the opportunity to help others, you know, lead, you know, follow, uh, sure. taking initiative to make sure, you know, call each other out. Hey, you slacking, man. Why are you late on the mile? Like we, if you laid on the mile, that's what happens. That that could be the last twenty seconds of the game, mm. and you slacking. You mm. know, hey, just watch the film. Like, where you going? Man, I'm going to hang out with a shorty. No, just sit back. 
For here, sure. man. Watch this film. We got a big game coming up. And so sure. I think this establishing leadership um, skills was another big piece for me um, matriculating through college. And, and let's talk about that transition because, um, you know, you know, guys that, uh, you know, play sports are looking to go into their next step, whether it's playing overseas or playing the next level. Uh, you took a different route. And can you uh, explain how that transition, you know, happened and how it was beneficial to you? You know, yeah, you know me. I t- I tell anyone, you know, I didn't get a chance. I really, I didn't step on the court. You know, at at Virginia Union, it's we always get a a, a Division One player each and every year to come down. You know, they you know could have gotten in trouble at the at the P five level, and so we always open our arms like, come on, you know. And sure. so, and you got you got you know two semesters left. Come on, okay. We know D two is ten semesters versus at the P you no know, you no know, Division One is is five years, and so. um had guys that was 24, 25 years old. Here I mm. go, 19, still getting peach fuzz, and these grown men out here. So for me, it was like I knew I didn't have opportunity to go overseas. Um, so for me, it's like I want to stay in this game. I mm. want to I want to still be an athletic. So what can I do? So uh, my last year, um, I didn't play. I just focused on being an uh, athletic department assistant. So mm. they needed me to do be the PA announcer at the, the women's basketball games. I did that. Um, I did the 50-50 raffle at men's basketball games. I did parking. Um, I helped out in the compliance department. Um, I did stats at times. I just wanted to you know, diversify myself, diversify myself within college athletics to hopefully make myself more marketable uh, once I left you know, and graduated. And so for me, I was like, man, I'm preparing my career now. Most of you guys may go overseas, but for me, uh, uh, it's no overseas. I don't know. I don't know. It's no stats. No numbers. Sure. So it's no point of me trying to uh, make that. My hoop dreams are over, but I still be a part of it. And so, uh, so yeah. There. Derek, you kind of hold on one second. You're breaking up a little bit. Can you breaking hear me up. now? I hear you. Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't get any of that. Go ahead. Okay, did you get the uh, the networking piece? I think I stopped I, the networking. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. Mm-mm. Okay, okay, gotcha. So uh, I go back to basically when I was a senior and then working in the athletic department as a. Uh, well, I got. No, I, I got that part. Okay. 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 So the networking piece. So for me, um, the biggest thing I learned uh, my senior year was networking. Um, it's not about who know. No, no. I say no. It's not who you know. It's who know. No. It's not what you know. It's who know you. For sure. Um, but it, it, it is. You got to know somebody. Got to know you. Like I can know a lot of people, but if they don't know me, they can't vouch for me. They can't basically, you know, sponsor me or endorse me, right? And so, you know, I know you, but I want you to know me. And for so sure. for me, that's what happened in my senior year. Every time we went to a game, I created my own little business cards and wow. I gave it to a, a marketing person. I gave it to the SID, gave it to the compliance person, just preparing myself for when somebody, a job opportunity opens up. And so mm-hmm. after undergrad, I uh, went to grad school at Virginia State, uh, which is about 20 minutes south of Richmond. And But I stayed on at Virginia Union as a graduate assistant. And so um, throughout you know, grad school, um, I did grad school and I ran back as soon as I can to Richmond to do three hours in the office to continue just to sharpen my skills. And then when I graduated in 09 from Virginia State, um, just the networking piece, I called one of my mentors up and she said, you know, I, I said, Tiff, I need a, I'm looking for a job. And she preferred me to a guy at Hampton University looking for assistant sports information director. Wow. And for me, go back into I was working wow. in compliance. Right. But I was also doing student, you know, sports information undergrad. And so once again, just trying to make sure my resume, even as a grad student, was appeal, you know, appealing and, and, and very and, and marketable to work in either or. And so I had that opportunity. I had that experience. And so I did seven months at Hampton University uh, working with women's basketball and other women's uh, sports. In this timeout session, we got... Bernard Jackson. 
everybody that were in place, everybody that did, you know, uh, you know what they were supposed to do, they did exactly that, what they were supposed to do. You know, I was the one who wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, which was, you know, uh, accepting things for what they, they are and making, you know, the best decisions that that didn't harm me, myself, my family, or anybody else in the situation. You know, and so that, that was a tumultuous time, you know, 2015, you know, different things like that. That frightened a whole lot of people. And I realized after the fact that that's really what it was. My friends and my family, they were just afraid, you know, they wasn't, they wasn't, you know, used to this type of, uh, you know, behavior from me or anything, so. Now let's get back to the interview. So for me, that was a that was a great uh, opportunity for me just to understand how big networking is. My mentor knew the person at Hampton, didn't really do an interview, just called me in and said, you want the job? I was like, yeah. So for me, it's like, wow, this really works. You know, it really works. For sure. So, you know, <clears throat> you being a student athlete, former student athlete, and wanted to help student athlete. Um, why, why was it? Like you say, why was it so a big thing for you to help student athletes? What you do for the game, you're helping student athletes as a whole. Why is that so, you know, so important to you? Yeah, it's, it's really a passion, man. It's, it's because I think about things that I didn't have from high school, even going to college. I didn't have the, the people that can really, I didn't, have the, I didn't have a blueprint, right? I kind of created my own path, you know, you know, Thank goodness to the good Lord. But, you know, I didn't have a person to tell me this is the way you need to go. This is how this is, you know, what you need to prepare for. This is how what this is kind of the roadblocks. These are some of the you know, areas you could be you know, of concern. It was more like I was I was the blind just walking through the darkness, hoping that, you know, I don't get too caught off the path. And so for me, it's more of being a resource so I can create a blueprint. And mm -hmm. so just follow me. I've done it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's helping out kids as much as possible because it's things that I didn't have. And so it's only for us, as for me anyway, to help these individuals become better, um, help these individuals prepare themselves because uh, I want your transition to be much smoother than my transition. You know, I, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I fell off the, the wagon many times because I just said no. You know, the ignorance of understanding how to go from high school to college, you know, um, especially now, man, it's like, you know, if I knew the things I knew about recruiting and, and getting your, your videos out there, I could have been a division one player, but I did that. I had the resources. I didn't know who to talk to. And so I was just fortunate because I had the academic side that I got, a, you know, a scholarship, a scholarship, but you know, the things I know now, if you, I think we all say that, right. The things we know now, we could do it back then. It made a totally different story, you know? <laughs> I mean, knowledge, knowledge is power. No matter how yeah. much money you got or how much money you don't have, if you don't have the knowledge, bro, you can't you can't move. I mean, right. that's, just, that's what it is. You, you're moving yeah. in circles. You you're moving just not. You just move like you say. You're moving in circles. When you yeah. when you're talking to, um, you know, scouts or team owners or you know what have you, what 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 are they asking you? Um, what's their message? Like, what are they trying to get out of athlete? What are they saying to this athlete? It, it ain't all about talent and skill and playing. What are some of the off-the-court things they ask about that athletes need to be aware of? You know, it's funny you, you ask that, right? And I'm fortunate, like I said, my days at, at Florida State and even now at the national office talking to, like I said, club teams on the football side and basketball side. It's all about character. Your character, your upbringing, basically your, your story, right? It's your story because you can run the 4-4 at the you know, 40. You can have a 42 vertical. But you got so many issues off the court. You got three, four baby mamas. You know, you you fail four or five drug tests. You know, you, you're not going to class. You know, you're fighting with the teammates. You go lose money, and 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 what GMs and scouts do? Their, their job is to get you at the lowest price they can. Mm. Mm. Because if they if they can find all the bad and the, 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 just the baggage and the drama, I love you as a player. But I'm going to draft you now, not in the first round. I'm going to draft you late second round because who wants to? Who wants that risk, you know? Right. And in football, it happens a lot. I can draft you a second-round talent, but I'm going to draft you in the sixth round because mm -hmm. you got too much baggage. You got too much drama. So now I save money because now you go ball out because the money you miss 
from being a, a second round pick to a fifth, fifth, fifth round pick, you got a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. So you want a cl clean slate. You want to behave yourself. But guess who wins? The GM wins with the pat on the back saying like, yes, we got him for less. We got him for less because he had too much baggage. And so that's the biggest thing. Coaches want, GMs want to know like, D, you know, how many baby moms they have? Like, coach, why you? I just want to know, you know, like, D, you know, do they pay their you know, tickets, their parking tickets? Mm. D, you know, do they have fines in the dorm room? I'm like, y'all really get that deep? Like, yeah, D. Like, do they come to your meetings on, on time? Do they do community service? And I said, why you ask that? Because as a rookie, we require most of our rookies to do all of the camps and team camps that we have. They doing it. They the rookies. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't want to do community service at the cottage level, In a way. you don't snap. You don't, the, the, the light don't flip when you get to the NFL. That's that, those are bad habits. And mm -hmm. so you got bad habits now. It would be hard to change those. And so those are the questions that, you know, GMs and scouts ask on a daily basis about guys, you know, who are in college right now because you got baggage. I still want you, but I'm gonna get you at a cheaper price now. And and what do you think, you know, us, you know, growing up, you know, I talked, had a sex counselor and she talked about the dopamine that 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 these young kids are getting from the, the video games, right? And then you put them into the on, on on a park, there's no competitive nature because it's easy to get that dopamine from the video games. What do you see in in, in you know? players like ourselves that, you know, had that grit and we go hard versus the players today. What's, what, what do you think is the, is the disconnect and why? You know, it's funny you say video games. I think it's just this, this whole technology, you know, we're in now, it's just the tech, the tech space, the social media space. And how oh, man, I can, I, can, I can tell you, I can tell you stories. I can tell you stories of just how many student athletes will look at social media and just, thrive off of just the likes mm. thrive off the retweets thrive mm. off how many people are in the dms you know um i, I recall many times we'll lose a game and the first thing our guys do is they get right to their phone to see what what who's saying something about them and i'm like dude guys it's okay you know or after they made a big dunk or a, a highlight touchdown pass they want to see who created you know the mm. bspn made it a top 10 play mm. and it's like like this really gets you going, guys going, but it do. Or D, you know, I just, I just transport the guys at the games in a golf cart um, to the dorm room, right? Just to get away from distractions. Right. And they'll just be like, hold on, D, what, what are we knowing? They want to walk out just to see uh, all the girls and the fans that are just amazed by, you know, the success they had at the game. And so they just grinning. So they're like, D, don't, don't drive the golf cart too fast. Like, no, to get out of here. Like, slow it down. Slow it down, slow it down, just to hear the, the oh my gosh, oh, oh my gosh. It's like, but then the thrill of it, like you just see the thrill of it. But once the thrill is over, they drop. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, it's like sugar. It's like it's like it's like you on a sugar rush, you know. Right. You you hype, energized, but once you losing or you get injured or the crowd at the same, it's like rock bottom. I'm seeing some great athletes. Some of who are in the NFL right now just drop when they got injured, or drop when we went on a three-game losing streak, or drop because we didn't make it, we didn't win a bowl game. And it's right. like, man, like, but they go as highs and lows because of what public opinion and what they're saying about. So here, here we're going into you know athletes, you know, about to be paid for the image and likeness they can do what they you know can with that. So it sounds like me, this is gonna be. You know, if, if that's going to be a resource that they can use to help build their fan base up, and and it's going to be game by game or season by season, that's going to hurt their. I mean, it's it's going to be a a a a, a crazy situation because, you know, like you said, the, the 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 emotional hype they get off of that, then you're going to turn into a business that's going to be volatile like like nothing like no other. Like how do how do you think that's going to come out, especially athletes starting to you know, you know, get rights to use their names. Yeah. So first of all, I'm totally, I'm finally, I'm very thrilled and happy that uh, student athletes will get the opportunity to monetize off their names likeness. I think that's, that's, that's what should have been happened, but I'm happy it happens now. Right. And the reason why I say that, because, you know, once again, being in Florida state and seeing the Jameses, the Dalvins, the, the Derwins, these guys who did so much for the institution, so much money and revenue came into, into the athletic department, but, 
you know, they still, you know, walking, you know, walking to the dorm room or, you know, they still driving the cars they have, you know, or I got to still transport them to golf cart. Yeah. And it's like, but you guys are, to me at that time, you walking millionaires. Like you, you're two years away or one year away from becoming a millionaire, but all the money you're bringing in. So, but I think it's going to be an issue because you're going to have, like I said, going back to the dopamine, you're going to have some people that's going to be you know, monetized for playing their sport you know, versus others is going to monetize from just being very creative um, with content on social media. And it's going to mess the locker room up. You know, mm. you could be the guy, Jay, you could be the guy getting tons of buckets mm. and you get a $300 deal. But here I am, don't play very well, but I'm funny. I'm funny and I'm getting, you know, tons of followers and reading. And it's like, you can look at me like, I suck on the court. Like I'm a bitch player, mm. you know, but I'm getting you getting three hundred dollars, you know, a couple of three hundred dollar endorsement deals. But here I got him getting old spice and saying, "Man, retweet us, man! I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars for every time you, re, you know, retweet or every time you post them up." You know, so then you talk about just the dynamics in the locker room is going to change because you have the jealousy, you have the envy, you have people very upset. Um, even within sports, within the athletic department, right? You will have you know the gender equity, which people are complaining about a lot. You know, just female sports compared to the male sport, you know, when you talk about the football and the basketballs compared to um, a, a men's soccer team. And so just kind of how the dynamics of just the market value of what this kid's worth versus this kid's worth. And is a kid not going to pass the ball? Let me ask you a question on when you talk about the market value, because I know, you know, the whole purpose of it, you know, they, they're trying to figure out how to do it because yeah, uh, a, a Baylor versus a, you know, a, a Erskine, the, the the budget is different, right? So I mean, if the budget is different, the population is different. So the population is different. The following is going to be different. So it's going to be topsy turvy, <laughs> no matter how you put it. Just because of, you can feel this volleyball, and plus, especially think, you know, we as a culture, right? We were saying that, you know, you know, athletes and as a culture was really honing in on that, but. You got baseball, volleyball, all, all these other sports that are heavy culture, you know, influence. It's going to kill it off of the social media. So what do we do? Right. It's this is like a wait and see type of thing. You know, it's, it's so, you know, you got states that's creating their own um, bills. Um, you got certain states that have not yet, you know, the national office haven't created anything. So it is it, right now just it's so much up in the air. Um and you know, I'm just as a just a normal person just waiting back and seeing. But I do have the opportunity in my in my role currently in the national office to talk to professional service providers. Or yeah. and pro professional service providers um, is basically an umbrella of people that have influence and access to a student athletes. And this could be an agent, which is a contract advisor, a financial advisor, a brand manager, a lawyer, a booking manager, a publicist. So anything that's has a title. That can impact a student athlete's, you know, opportunity to, you know, make money. It's under that umbrella. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and budget car rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. Just talking to these individuals, it's no market value. We don't know the market value because this is a un, this is untapped market, right? You know, right. and it's, it's so funny because people, like I say, we don't know, like, Cost of living in every state is different. different. So just imagine the value, right? The value of 30,000 in South Carolina is totally different from the value in Miami, you know? Um, 
you got some states like a Miami, mean like Florida, you know, Tennessee, um, Texas, no state taxes, right? And so I might make more money in those three states versus me living in New York when you got state, city, and federal. You know, that's why you even see with NBA players, they they put most of the houses in Florida or Texas because that's they want to be, that's where they want to reside. And so I think it's just so many entities and so many facets and names likeness that still hasn't been expressed and still hasn't been evaluated. And so for me, it's just it's just interesting looking forward what this is going to play out to be because it's always going to be evolving, right? And you got so many different people with ideas. You know, I talked to a couple of agents yesterday and it was like, D, everyone is talking about names like this. Everyone getting these seven figure deals. The pro's not getting it. <laughs> so, so why do you think these college kids will get it? Right. And, and, and two guys say, D, my whole goal is July 1st. It just really helped these kids get free stuff. Like, you know, get additional gear from Adidas, get some additional gear from Nike or um, they're in that in that local area, help them get a couple of free Chick-fil-A, you know, gift cards to eat, you know, when they're hungry or, you know, they, they want to get a free haircut, you know, do a promo, post up this dude's, you know, barbershop and I give you a couple of free haircuts. That's what I'm trying to do right now because I don't know the market and these kids haven't been proven. Like you only proven, unfortunately, until you get to the, the next level. Like that's when you made it. So a lot of these kids are not proven. If I put all this investment and money into them at freshman year, God forbid they get hurt. And in the next two years, they're not the same player. I don't waste a lot of money, time, and energy. So my whole goal is to start building relationships now, maybe getting some free endorsements, some free gear, and then what, let them build themselves up. And then maybe we start getting some, some value, cash value opportunities. But right now it's more tangible items that I think many agents and, and brand managers are looking at right now because the market is so new and you don't want to jump the gun and start throwing out, you know, $10,000 or $20,000 of money when these kids haven't been proven yet. And last last thing I want to say with that before we move on is my take on that is like if, if an athlete signed as a freshman $50,000, I mean, it's just, just a regular number, $50,000, right? You get $25,000 as a freshman. When you graduate, you get your other $25,000. And here's why. You know, we spent four years in high school normally don't work because we're dedicated to our craft. Then we get in college, we don't work because we can't because we're in a scholarship. Where we're eight to 10 years out of the market. So think about the athlete, you know what I'm saying? Like that that did that that didn't have stats, they don't have no you were smart. They don't have no 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 type of no, no job experience. So how are you gonna get a job if you don't get a pro contract, right? So but anyway, I'm just throwing out there I'm gonna have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But that's what I was thinking. And that will kind of, that averages out to everybody getting the same amount and make kids graduate. And you got a little egg, little egg nest, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to little two, three years, do something until now, additionally, what it can do too is take that money from a freshman and invest five, $6,000 a year. You know what I mean? And, and teaching athletes how to put their money up. That's another thing that's really not in place because a lot of money from Pell Grants, all this money they get in athletes get, you know, $20,000, $15,000 over four years, and they blow it, invest that money over a period of time. And that's right. my that's my take on that. But again, yeah. lastly, lastly, I think college athletes, I mean, athletes are going to start choosing colleges based on the states, based on tax and all that stuff too as well. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be unique how, how kids make decisions when it comes to, it's not about playing time. It's not about, you know, the coach's philosophy or just the coach's, you know, prestige. It's going to be about, how can I monitor, how can I maximize my value? Mm. And so I don't know. You know, I, I love I think it. about my my 10-year-old son, right? If he has Cal Berkeley or go to, you know, uh uh, I don't know, Alabama or go to uh Nebraska, he may go to Cal Berkeley because the techniques out there, you know, he may go to Santa Barbara, you know, in Frisco, you know, San Francisco, because mm. it may be more opportunities for him to, mm. <laughs> to work with. Uh, 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 up and coming startup app, you know, company and develop technology. And yeah, and then he can make more money than anybody else on on the athletic department because he got you know with the right people. So <clears throat> some people may think that way, right? You know, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting moving forward. I'm just here, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how this 
plays out and how it evolves over time, but it's coming. It's here, sure. and, and I'm just interested to see how it plays out in the near in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, we're going to segue into that next topic because you mentioned your son. You know, um, you being a dad, former student athlete, um, and again, you know, we fill these holes because, you know, we didn't have these things coming up, so you want to make sure how to make these things happen. What are some some uh, some plans that you would you know have your son in you know from middle school to high school? What were some things that you didn't have? How would you you know how would you uh, should I say make that ground system you know real 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 strong? The first thing is just be present. Like I said, I love my dad, God rest his soul, but he wasn't in my life as much, right? And and you know first of all you know I'm blessed to have my wife and and my son and. You know, our twins recently in February. So, you know, having um, just a strong family foundation support, you know, that's the first thing, you know, things that he has that I didn't have. And then um, he plays basketball now and it's it's unique because, you know, I never want to force sports on him, um, but he loves basketball um, and he constantly is working on it. And for me, it's just unfortunate, right? Unfortunate to have the resources I have to, help him along the way, you know, understanding being in the basketball space and, and understanding the you know, opportunity for um, to put him in the right places for, you know, AAU tournaments or, you know, put him with the right trainer, you know, really don't need a trainer right now because I know the game. So I'm, a, I'm training him, right. But yeah. just putting the energy in to make sure uh, he plays it. But to add to that, because I know he loves it so much. It's also for me, it's been a way to make sure he keeps his head in the books. Because I explained to him, I've been there, son. I'm working with student athletes each and every day and kids who are not eligible because they didn't take their academics seriously. If you don't take your academics seriously, it's two things that can happen. You won't play and they can take your money away. Sure. And so what I'm going to do, if you don't get your grades right, I'm going to take basketball away. I'm going to take you out of practice. I'm going to take you away from a game if you don't get your grades. And so for me, it's already at the age of 10 going to the fifth grade. It's like, I really got to get my reading in. Before you go outside, starting to play hoops, before we go train, before we go practice, just get your books. Just read a couple of chapters. Sure. Give me a book report. Uh, but from a basketball standpoint and sports, you know, it's just been just being there for him, um, taking the time to practice with him. Um, it'd be hard on him. You know, just, you know, it's tough love. You know, like I said, don't force it on him. But if we go be out here and you give him your aspirations of what you want to be, dad taking that time, we're going to be yeah. serious about it. We'll be yeah. serious about it, you and, know. And, and he's, you know, he's a little upset at me now because, you know, I'm, a, you know, being in being in sports, you understanding, you know, when you're in college and you got, you know, you're fighting against this guard, you can't be five minutes late to practice. His coach is going to use that in, against you. Well, he's got to go out. He's going outside, and his his time to come in is five thirty. When he's coming in at five thirty one, he can understand why he he lost his, you know, fortnight. I'm like, bro, because you you made a you made a, a decision at 515 that wasn't the right decision. Right, right. At 515, you said, you know what? Let me spend a little bit more time playing and then I'll rush over to, no, that's not, that's people die because making that two minute decision, right? So I get you and, and it's not, and, and sports have taught me that because those are things you got to implement because, you know, if you don't do them, kids are going to make bad decisions later on. And guess what? Guess who hurts it more when we're making those tough decisions, it hurts me more to do it, right? Because I don't want to hurt him. I don't want right. to, like, but I got to put that to me down. Yeah, yep, that tough love. Got to give him that tough love. <laughs> so um, what, are, what are some lessons you learned through sports, you know, as far as, you know, playing uh, all your life? Um, what are some lessons you learned? How do you implement them, you know, with, with your kid as you're teaching, teaching basketball, teaching whatever sport he's doing? Oh, I think the first thing is just, you know, the next play, right? You know, have, you know, short memory because that's the life, you know, it, you will, you know, how to face, overcome challenges, you know, and obstacles, you know, for me, like I said, high school, you know, when I had a knee injury, you know, I thought it was over. I thought, you know, my, my chance to make my mother proud. So she wanted to pay for school to slowly, you know, go away those summers, Traveling with my coach to play, you know, AAU basketball, uh, little hot summers out at the court by myself, you know, just doing drills, you know, 
doing the, the three, two, one and acting like I was, you know, Kobe, you know, and, and I thought like, man, like this is it. But overcoming that and, and getting stronger and, and rehab it and, and bouncing back, I think even with my son now, it's just, it's not the injuries, not going to wood. It's more of like, man, I, I missed, you know, I had a bad game. You know, I went two for two for 10, you know, or, you know, you're not getting the calls, you know, you know, you, you go to a certain area and you're getting bumped, you're getting pushed down a little bit bigger than you and then you get defeated, you know? And so for me, you know, the things I'm telling him is, you know, that just facing, overcoming, you know, challenges, you know, overcoming obstacles and bouncing back. Hey, son, you lost this game, right? Don't quit. What you need to do is learn from that. What do I need to do better? Like, darn, he stole the ball from me, daddy. Yeah, because what happened was you kept the ball high versus, you know, giving them a head and hezzy and then crossing over. Oh, man, dad, he's shutting me off the left. I mean, he's shutting me off my right hand. That's why we work on our left hand, son, because they know you heavy right hand, and so they're shutting you off. So that's why you need to start working your left hand more, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it's, it doesn't give them an opportunity to do that because now the left lane is open, you attack and you make a shot. Um, you know, so things like that I've been, you know, teaching him because that goes back to school. Because if you get a bad grade, you don't mope. You got to learn from it. What do I need to do next time? Let me study more. This is my weakness, okay? Division is my weakness. I'm great in, you know, multiplication, but now I spend more time in division. Just like I tell him. Your right hand strong. Let's work on your left hand more, For right? Sure. You know, like I love the jab, but let's get tighter with that crossover. And the reason, and when to use the crossover, when not to use the crossover. And so, um, when it comes to height, you know, you got to understand. You got to, you got. He's bigger. Use your speed. For sure, right? For you sure. know, sure. Um, if that team is aggressive, you got to get tougher. So how we get tougher? Well, let's go. Let's start getting stronger. Let me start getting getting you in the bag. Let me start pushing you a little bit when you get to the rim. So you go stronger to the rim. You're not gonna get every call like that. And so exactly. it's just been things like that each and every game. Get in the car, uh, and we we just mentally you know evaluate the game so you understand it. But then come back home if he wants to, right? Because I know they, like I said, go home and play Fortnite. I say, son, you wanna do you wanna watch the game over? Or do you wanna watch you know some college basketball and see right. what they're doing? And then also, too, for me, it's been fortunate because I'm in this game that sometimes I don't want to hear from daddy. He gets yeah. tired of hearing from daddy, right? right. So right. Getting, you know, getting a, you know, a pro guy that he looked up to at Florida State who's in the league now, getting them talk to him about hard work and, and playing defense, right? Because that's my key thing with my son is he figured, I don't want to play defense. I want to preserve all my energy for the offensive side end of the court. And, like, no, you got to play defense, too. So guess what? Terrence Mann, get on the phone with um, DJ real quick. Sure. Playing both sides. DJ, you see the other night, he's a two-year guy, but guess what? He's playing in the last three minutes against the Mavericks. He's a two year this only his second year. He got drafted in the second round. But he's in the game at the most crucial time of the game in the fourth quarter with three minutes left, playing against Luca. Why is that, son? Because he plays defense too. And so that's why I important. So he's like, oh wow. Okay, Daddy, I get it now. And so for me, it's like just helping him understand that, you know. You may be great in one side of the court, but you got to be strong on the other side because it can get you opportunities to play more. It gets right. you opportunities to get more, you know, scouts to come in because you do things that other kids are not. And I keep right. telling my son, if it's a job, if it's getting recruited, or just in life, you got to separate yourself from everybody else. But many of us have the same talents, same speed, but what am I doing different from everybody else? What sets, yeah. sets me aside from everybody else? Son, you got to be that unicorn. You got to be different. Exactly. And this time, our message, we got Jim Yarborough. Don't put yourself on the same timeline as, as somebody else. You could get there, but, but what you're talking about, they're not going to be there in the ninth grade. One or two of them might be, but boy, by their senior year, if they kept coming and they kept listening and they kept working, you know, it's a four-year timeline and we want results in the ninth and 10th grade sometimes and it just doesn't happen. We have a young man here who we cut as a freshman. Uh, He made it as a sophomore this year. He's grown to six, seven. And at the last third of the season, he started on the JV. He's kind of a quiet kid, a different personality, but if you get to know him, he's quite wonderful. He's just very quiet and off on his own, and you're not sure if he's engaged. He's totally engaged. Well, by the end of this, by the middle of this summer at team camps, he was starting for us. Now let's get back to the interview. 
And I want to, you know, just, you know, tell you a little, a little tip, you know, me working with parents and, you know, communities and all of this on different levels. What I understand is that, um, you know, one, one story I had this young girl, she was training and her mom came in there and mom's like, come on, girl, you got to go hard. Come on, you got to go hard. And she stops like, mom, chill. Like, you're not doing this. And when she, she said that, it hit me, right? I'm like, hmm. So what I started doing was, you know, having them have their own identity. So as a dad, as a, as a coach, when you, the first thing I, I ask parents to do is when your kid get in the car, whether the bad game or good game, look straight. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing because what they're going to do, they're going to bring it to you. Because if it's a bad game, they don't want to talk about it. If it's a good game, they'll talk all day. All day. So you got to set the tone that I want him to bring it or he or she to bring it to me and I can deal with it that way. Because then if we always hitting, hey, what's going on? Hey, what happened? Then we're not going to be the outlet for them, right? Because right. we're bringing that stress because they look at us at a whole different view. But what right. you said was awesome is getting someone else as a professional to, to second you. And that only adds credibility to what, to what you, the message you're saying, right? And, um, you know, before we get into the opening recipe, I want to just ask you, when we're talking to college coaches, when we're talking to players, um, what have you, we, we always ask them to give a message to that audience, right? So, you know, you, you being an agency, an agent, I didn't really give you time to really, you know, tell what you do, your affiliation with the NCAA and all that. So I want to give you a chance to do that. But in addition to that, I want you to, to talk to that 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 age that person that's want to become in that position. What are some things they got to do? What are the things they got to look towards, um, and, and just help fulfilling that that dream? So I'll, I'll give you the floor. Help you frame that. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, my my exact title at the national office is I'm assistant director for development in the enforcement um, department, and with that, my role uh, at three different uh, components. I work with football development, basketball development as well as the agent certification process. And so um, try to break down each three. So the, the first thing is agent uh, certification. So uh, in that role, I basically have opportunity to certify MBA agents to help student athletes in, in college test the waters. Test the waters is basically saying, hey, I want to put my name out there to get evaluation uh, from the MBA, um, but I also want to get opportunity to um, declare for the draft. And declare by the draft. I can go to the combine, get workouts, and get evaluation. And after the evaluation, uh, if I want to, I can come back to school uh, and, and still not lose my eligibility. And so to do that, um, you have to sign with one of our NCAA certified agents who go through uh, a process and a system to be certified to help these kids navigate this test of waters process. And so this is year two of that program, and I've seen a lot of success. You know, just and I tell kids in that space. I encourage kids to go through it because you're going through it just like the rest of the guys are. Like, you know, the kid, like I think we had like 20, we had like 60, 65, 70 kids, right? That you know, most likely may come back to school, but they're not jailing subs. We know jailing subs are staying in it, but you can go through the same system and process as him, but they come back to school mm. and get the information that you need to, to say, okay, I talked to 18 school teams. This is what I need to work on. So mm. I come back to college. Mm. and come better and now i i maximize my stock and increase my draft stock for next year because this year i got a grade of going late second round mm. i worked on i'm gonna work on what i need to the summertime get ready to game and next year i possibly be a first round pick the, the, prim, the prime example is uh jared um, jared butler he mm. tested the waters last year mm. uh, and now you know he became national player of the year won a national championship and i think he's definitely a first round pick this year sure. versus last year most likely he was a second round guy um, so that's the, the agent space, right? And then uh, with football development and basketball development, and football development, I work with two different conferences. I work with the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, and um, the ACC. And so from that standpoint, I'm more of a, um, this is an open ears. I'm, I'm out there talking to the coaches in the football space about any type of concerns or issues they're having that they're seeing within recruiting, uh, what they're seeing within the sport itself. And I bring that information back to the national office. So I'm kind of, the, 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 you know, on the streets running, trying to see concerns, but also, too, trying to clean up the, um, clean up the, you know, the sport. So, you know, I deal with all types, all shapes and colors. You can be anybody that's impacting the sport of football. I will talk to you. 
Because, um, you know, it's people out there cheating, right? And that's, we all know that. And so I'm also about receiving information from sources. And I bring it back to the national office. And so we can, you know, get the bad guys out of the game. And so we have more integrity. And I kind of do the same thing on the basketball side as well. Uh, I don't have, a, I guess, a power five uh, conference. I focus more on the mid-majors. And so the, the, the low mid-majors, right, the Big Souths, the, the Atlantic Suns, um, sc- you know, schools in that you know, area. Because in, in basketball, all Division One goes by the same rules. And so if I'm giving that information to, you know, Calipari or Coach Hamilton at Florida State, I need to give it to the head coaches at Kennesaw State Gotta get that information to coaches at you know Georgia State, and so for me, it's more of just making sure everyone is on the same accord when it comes to um, understanding the rules, but also to um, if they have issues or concerns, they can come to me and I can express those issues with the national office. Um, so it's, it's it's really a cool opportunity. I do a lot of traveling. I'm I'm always in the AAU space. I know in June for football. We're traveling to camps because the recruiting calendar opened back up. And so going to camps, just talking to coaches. And then obviously in July with basketball, um, June Scholastic. So Peace Jam and any other, you know, shoe companies um, showcases. I would be in attendance to talk to the coaches and event operators about just how things are going. And so wherever coaches are, uh, myself and my colleagues are in the same, you know, capacities and events. For sure. And, 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 and lastly, what do you will say to an up and coming um, person that's interested in, in becoming an agent, becoming you know, in that position and doing what you do? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's, it's more of just understanding, number one, your passion, because um, and, and things like this, it will have ups and downs. Right. And um, this is not a get rich, you know, quick type of profession. You know, um, it's, a, it's a grinded out profession. And so you've got to have passion, passion over ways. Um, finances, right? You know, passion um, and purpose. And, and what's your purpose as well? Because for me, my purpose is to help and be a resource to others. And so that opens me up to have that passion to continue to do this. Um, and so I tell people that you got to have, a, you know, understand your purpose first, but then have the passion behind it because that's going to, you know, go push you through the tough times, go push you through when you see that job you didn't get because somebody else got it. Like it's going to keep, you know, pursuing you to go after that and realize what I need to do more to get that next role. Um, but also too, just, you know, just be very open to networking, um, asking questions, seeing people in that current position and asking them questions, email them, um, be very persistent. Because for me, when I, where, where I'm at currently, I had to have champions. I had to have people that I picked their brain to help prepare me, to equip myself to have the right qualities and skill sets to be successful in my role. And so I tell people just study. I mean, just like any other any other job, you want to study and understand, you know, the goods, the bad, and the ugly. What should you know? What skill sets I have for this role, and your personality. You know, especially in my role, you got to be outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be afraid to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I'll talk to the devil himself if you got information. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, you have to be in in, in athletics. You got to have be honestly open. And I'm going to speak to people because this is a sport. This in sports, you got to talk, right? Coach, you're a coach. You got to talk to kids, right? You got to talk to parents. And I think that happens in all facets of athletics. You got to be outgoing. You got to be open to talk. And I think lastly, you know, you got to be determined. You got to be the, the dedicated and determined to uh, to be in this, this role because like, every day is not great. You will have roadblocks, but you got to be determined to say, hey, I'm going to get over this hump. Um, I'm going to make sure that I get to this place. I got to be disciplined. To realize like, hey, you know, this ain't easy. Oh, man, this money ain't what I, I heard somebody else making this. You got to stay disciplined to be like, yeah, man, like it's coming. I got to stay disciplined. I got to stay focused. Let me get in this, this space and just grow from it. And then I think that's the things I will tell somebody who want to be in this, in this, in this space and athletics. You, you got to be um, outgoing. Um, you got to have a great personality. You got to network. You got to network. Everybody, I think, in athletics, for the most part, they do interviews, but usually they call you. Somebody calls you up and say, hey, D, are you interested? Mm. Every job I got in athletics, to be honest with you, someone called me and said, hey, D, you know, do you want, you, are you interested in this job? Sure. Hey, I think you're a good person for this job. And so for me, how that comes from networking, working hard, and, and letting my work speak for itself. And like you said, being an athlete, you got to be aggressive. You can't worry about the outcome. You just got to just push and go hard. And that's something that in any, any career, anything you do, you have to have the those things and those things you keep you know uh talking about the networking 
you know, hard work, you know, those things are, are very important. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermell President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. In closing, you know, we created something called an oatmeal recipe. Uh, an oatmeal recipe is uh, skill development, education, and nutrition. And that can go with any, any, any sport, any career, you know, what have you. So um, I want to call those, those three words out and, uh, and get your take on them. Um, first one is skill development. Um, we're talking about on and off the court. Yes, skill development is good in your sport, but having the skill off the court, whether it's listening, you know, communication, you know, what have you. Um, how important is skill development to you and how do you apply it to your everyday life? Uh, it's, it's very important. And, and, and what I mean by skill development is understanding, basically, like you said, you know, leadership, the communication, the work ethic. Um, because uh, if I want to continue to grow in this profession, you know, the leadership skills to be, be there to be accountable, you know, listen to others, um, collaborative learning, gathering other people's thoughts. I think the key thing is understanding each, everybody's perspective. I think in this in this social injustice you know, movement, people just listen to each other, just hearing each other out, understanding each everybody's perspectives. Um, it's going to help you understand people more, but also help you grow. Because we don't know everything, right? We don't know how everyone's walk of life is different. And so for me, as I'm continuing to sharpen up my leadership skills, it's sitting back, pausing, and just having those conversations having those uncomfortable dialogue, you know, the conversations to create that good dialogue to help me understand this person, this person, this person, because when I can understand who you are, it helps me communicate better, right? And if I communicate better, then I can also understand some of the weaknesses or some of the issues that we're, we're needing in my role. Mm. So if it's why kids are transferred, I need to understand what the kids are going through. You know, I got to understand the struggles. Like I said, dopamine, you got to understand those situations. And so. I have to have those conversations with all facets that walk of life when it impacts athletics. And then also too, I think, you know, as you talk about another de development, constantly developing yourself, you know, understanding like what I need to do better, uh, working on, you know, the things that I feel like is gonna help me grow. Some of the things that maybe are reservations to others of, 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 of myself, like how can I sharpen up those skills um, to be well-rounded, um, to be diversified to be versatile, to be, like I said, a unicorn. And so I think, you know, just understanding your, your skills, understanding your skill sets, shopping those. And understand too, everyone has weaknesses. Um, I'm not saying you gotta master those, but understand your weaknesses and try to, you know, grow and learn from each and every day. Um, good point. And my other one is uh, education. And yes, reading and writing is important, but, you know, you also have to, to know and understand, you know, the people around you, you know, where you live in, the history of those things and all that helps make you make great decisions every day. How is education um, important? How do you apply it to your everyday life? <laughs> that's, that's every day, you know, I, I'm seeing that, you know, in NCAA, uh, I'm learning every day. Every day is that this college athletic space is involving, right? So you talk about naming likeness, right? Just educating myself on it, educating myself on the Austin case, educating myself on um the agent space you know educating myself on this new thing called nfts right that's something new to me so i'm looking at mm. this digital crypto so i'm learning that stuff because that's gonna be a part of the athletics you know and so every day it's, it's always just looking at you know articles you know looking up you know stories and trying to educate myself um but that, that goes into anything right when you go to um if I travel to each state, you know, understanding, you know, like I said, the areas that I should have to you know, where I should get the hotel in, you know, what areas should I go to if I need to talk to student athletes, you know, like I'm talking to a parent, where you living? Because mm. if it's an area in South Central, I ain't going. So I got to educate myself on 
my surroundings out there and make sure we can meet somewhere, you know, um, in Santa Monica, you know, so um, just, just understanding your surroundings, but also to, you know, educate yourself when you talk to people, like, you know, before I got on this, right, I, you know, I talked to people like, no, no, just know more about this podcast, so I can, when you're talking to people, you know, coming from it, so I tell people um, to just educate themselves on, you know, each and every day, that's what I do, just from a coach to a student athlete, to an agent, just educate my, I just do readings, understanding of them. So when we have dialogue, um, it, it is a much more easier um, process to, to obtain information from them, but also to um, just continue to get better in my craft. For sure. And lastly, is nutrition. <clears throat> and again, you know, you know, food for thought, all these different things we talk about. And one thing I don't like is seeing athletes, you know, eat fast food, you know, pre and post game, you know, it's just the nutrition, you know, sleep is, is very important. Um, what's your take on that and how, to, and how do you apply that? You know, I know my wife hearing, hearing, hearing me right now. And so I, I, I don't give her as much kudos as I do, but she's been big on nutrition for years for me, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm still young, I can eat whatever I want to, my metabolism, but it, it's not, right? And, and so I'm kind of like my son, right? I had to go to the doctor last year, get a you know a year checkup, and, and realize like you know everything is healthy with me. But hey, do you want to watch out your blood? You know, just because once again, is your family is you know is it has a history of a high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes. So you want to start now at your age, just being cautious of it, right? Um, she also said, "Hey, boo, you look like you gained a little bit of weight." I got offended, like, "Oh man, I'm getting a little weight." Like, no, not me, you know. So for me, it's definitely been just being more cautious of what I eat. Uh, working out on a, on a, on a daily basis uh, because I travel a lot, right? When I travel a lot, uh, I had to ha I need the energy. And even when I do may eat at the airport, I'm not going to both jingles, right? I may go to a spot in there and ask for a salad, you know, and get maybe some salmon on a grilled chicken. And, you know, sometimes you have these great dinners with these coaches and agents and they, they six-figure guys and we eat steaks. Yeah, they can order the steak, but let me find something else on here because I'm on a roll 90, 95 days a year. My body's breaking down because I'm on the airport. I'm not resting well. So for me, it's making sure I at least have the energy for sure. when I'm speak, speaking to people, when I'm you know, introducing myself, when I'm at these you know, games and events, that I have the energy to walk around and talk. And so I got to have the right nutrition, you know, the right ingredients in my body to, to, to be able to do that. So for me, over the last year and a half now, you know, I've really been taking um, what I eat seriously. And so um, like right now, I'm really... Not say I don't eat red meat, but I'm definitely on just eat a lot of seafood and, and grilled chicken and, and grain, whole grain rice and things of that nature. And so um, definitely feel better, definitely look better, and I'm, I definitely have energy. And I think another thing too, sleep. I'm not getting a lot of sleep now with these twins, but I tell people sleep, man. That's part of nutrition to me. Like not having sleep can mess up with your mental. Um, it, your motor skills are not the same. So definitely getting the proper amount of sleep is key and i'm still working on that because i don't get enough even before the babies were here i wasn't one of the ones to sleep a lot but know that without sleep at times just you're not thinking right your motor skills is not right and so i think with nutrition you know having the right you know schedule of sleep you know right time amount of time the right, my, right the right amount of sleep is also part of nutrition to me as well for sure for sure well d man that that concludes our interview i you know i appreciate it i know the the audience you know got a a lot of wealth of knowledge, you know, from what you're talking about, what you're about. Hopefully, you know, we can, um, you know, they can learn a lot from what, you know, what we talked about today. No, I, thank you so much for appreciate, you know, you have me on here. You know, it took a while, but I'm happy to be on. And if any, anything else you need or the, the viewers need, please feel free. I'm a resource. Um, just, just reach out. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, <clears throat> We're done, but you know, off, off, offline. I got that um, um, student athlete information I'm doing with the NCAA in um, in uh, in September. It's just a panel of uh, okay. of a uh, uh, agent, um, NBA player, a college player, college coach, a nutritionist, um, uh, a psychologist, and we're just gonna talk the same kind of the same topics of student athletes. You know, what they need to do, the preparations, all the other stuff. So I love you to be a part of that. Um, you know, we're gonna do a Zoom call, Zoom call as well. The NCAA, they're gonna, um, you know, Barrington and uh, what's this guy, Glenn, been really helpful. Yeah. You know, help, um, yeah. yeah, be receptive in helping. You know, you know, me get this word out. And I know I'm a low, I'm a low, uh, 
a little organization in Charleston. So they've been really helpful and receptive of helping, you know, helping me get some things going. So I'd love for you to be the eight to fill the agent um, spot for that, you know, if, if you're available, man. Yeah, I'm more than welcome to do that, man. It's like I said, just give me just give me a date and so I'll make sure I clear my I clear my calendar. For sure. I'm gonna send we're gonna send the letters out soon, but I just wanted to touch base and make sure okay. I get, get a confirmation on air right quick. Okay. Yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one, man. Have a good weekend. All right, appreciate it, my man. Yes, sir. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh wanna thank uh Derek Coles for coming on and giving us our uh, giving us the wealth of knowledge about um, these situations. I think it's very important for athletes, um, families to get this knowledge so they can know how to prepare themselves um, for the next level. Um, coming up next, we got uh, Bernard Jackson uh, from the College of Charleston, really, really good friend of mine. Um, a little different story with his situation, um, taking a dive um, and coming back out of that situation. Um, very, very um, touching story, um, especially with student athletes and how he's made his way into the cryptocurrency world. So um, very, very interested to get into that story. All right. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of the youth, the future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.